Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all of the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the Keeping a Real podcast. And I am super, super, super excited today to have a very special guest on the show. Welcome, welcome, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. It's so good to have you. I mean, your name is getting out there now. People are hearing all about the amazingness that you're putting into the world. And I obviously know who you are. And what you're all about, but can you just take a moment and introduce yourself and just share with the world who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Samantha Perrell. Um, professionally, I work in the nonprofit world. I'm a fund development and communications manager. Um, but during um, COVID, we all had the opportunity to kind of concentrate on uh, certain passion projects that we would like to, um, to do. And I uh, self-published a book of poetry. Not just a book of poetry, an amazing book of poetry. It was so, so, so good. Um, And what is the title of that book? So I know we're going to put in the show notes, but I also want to make sure that we say it several times throughout the podcast. (laughs) So it's called You'll Get There. So I obviously want to dive into the whole process of how you started to, you know, put this book into the world. So Can you just talk a little bit about the journey and maybe even share like what COVID was like for you and how this felt or filled that void for you? You wanted to share a little bit deeper about the whole process? Yeah, so um, I'm very well known not to um, share my emotions. (laughs) I'm not a hugger, um, but I do uh, kind of absorb the emotions around me and then I kind of keep all of my emotions within. So during um, all that time that we had to ourselves uh, throughout COVID, um, I, you know, had time to process those emotions. And how did I do that? I wrote, I have a tendency, um, since I was like 16 to, uh, pick up a piece of paper and, you know, write, um, whether it was just, you know, a journal or, um, a piece of creative writing. And then in university, I decided to do, um, English literature and graduated with a major in that. And, uh, it's kind of, um, followed me through my career. So the communications and creative side of um, working with the nonprofit that I do. And so um, personally, I just decided, you know, um, I wanted to get out what I was going through. And I did that through poetry. That's incredible. And I feel that so many people were trying to find that outlet. So prior to COVID, did you make time to write or was this something that really, you know, you had time to actually dedicate it because the world shut down? Like, were you, were you dibble dabbling in that before? To be fair, um, I wrote the entire book in two weeks in September. So it was actually after COVID. So it was like an idea that I was kind of playing with in my head throughout. 
Um, and, and then I sat down and I finally decided, you know, I'm going to write it and I structured it. Um, I labeled every single chapter and then I said, you know, I'm going to write 20 poems per chapter. And I gave myself a little bit of a goal. And then I named the chapters based on, um, what I wanted to talk about. Um, and then I also took the geographical features, um, that's throughout the poetry and, um, attached them to my emotions. And then that's how each, uh, chapter was labeled. I love that. And I think that's a really cool thing that I want to dive in a little bit deeper because you and I have had several conversations and I mean, for anybody who wants to write a book, would you say that, you know, the pre-work and it's not even the writing piece, but the part where you sat with your emotions, I'm assuming that's a huge part of writing as well, not just the, the paper to pencil. Yeah, I think, I think so as well. Um, I mean, everyone has their creative outlet, whether it's, you know, creating art or music or even through conversation. So I really like that. I'm just, my brain is just going a mile a minute now because I feel I need to process things as well before I put it into writing. You know what I mean? And I haven't written a book yet, which I'm going to be coming to you when I do. Um, but I, I can imagine that the processing of all the heaviness of the world and all these things that couldn't have been easy to really, to really digest. Like what was, what was your process of dealing with COVID and the process that led you, I guess, to writing about it? Like, what was it like for you? Um, I'm a very introverted person, so I kind of enjoyed, um, COVID and having that time to myself, but I did miss, you know, everybody started to miss interacting with their friends and family. Um, and then I got to connect with people from my past. So like having those conversations with, you know, people you went to high school with, and I went up through the cadet program and I was able to travel to Nova Scotia every year and I met friends there. Um, and so those are where the memories started to come up. And I started to think about, you know, past relationships and friendships and, and how they either, um, grew or ended and, you know, how I felt about that. So that was the kind of work I did throughout COVID. And then it all came out in writing. So in all your poems, and I read your book, I've actually read it twice. Um, would you say like, it's about all of it's about different relationships or like, how can you distinguish which ones are relationships and yours? Because as I was reading it, it was almost as if you were writing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were, but it was like, I was so lost in the words and I could feel it. So was it mostly relationships and some of you or like, what was that piece? Every single one of those poems has a story and every single one of those poems is connected to a person or to myself. So it's a combination of both. Um, but the best part about it was that I have people now picking up the book and reading it and going, hey, Sam, that, book, that poem's about me. Um, or and or asking me, you know, who's this poem about? Um, sometimes, you know, I, I dive into it and, and tell the story. Other times I just say, you know, this is something that I experienced and kind of I'm kind of a little vague about it. And maybe that's why everyone can pick up the book and read it. And I wrote it in um, in that way so that um, there's a word that I'm trying to think of um, so that everyone can relate and everyone can find a home within each one of the poems basically oh I think you just said that beautifully yes and like as I was reading it I, like it touched me and I got emotional and I was like it's almost like every relationship that you were describing I pictured somebody in my life does that make sense yeah no absolutely 
And it was like, it was really cool. So it was almost like I was processing certain relationships as I was reading it. And I was like, and to be honest, like I haven't read a lot of poetry and I was very moved and touched by how, of what I felt in poetry. And yeah, like you have a gift. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I absolutely loved it. Um, Was there any of the poems that were really hard to write or maybe there was fear around somebody would read that and go, that was me? (laughs) Um, My partner didn't read the book until it was published. (laughs) I love that. that yeah, because I kind of wrote this for myself and I wanted to process my own emotions. So not all of those poems within that book are about him. Um, maybe one or two, um, but he hasn't even asked, you know, he's just proud of the work that I did. And he understands that, you know, um, it was just something that I wanted to do for myself. So he's very supportive. <laughs> and I thank oh. him for that. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Uh, can we dive into that a little bit more? Because I found that fascinating because I think when people think about like writing a book, um, you know, you hear people who get their things edited and they have it read. And then, then when they're finished, it's like, it's not their writing. How did you have the courage, number one, to be like, no, this is just for me. And yeah, if you could tell me a little bit more about that process, because I know I'm going to have to go through that when I write my book. And it's like, how, how do you cut off all that noise and just go, no, this is for me when you're writing? So um, I'm very connected um, to my friends and my friend group. And I decided that I was going to have almost like a blackout period um, when I was writing. So I left all of my group chats. I said, you know, I just needed some time to myself. I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. I probably told five people in the entire process of writing the book before it was actually finished that I was writing a book. Um, And that kind of gave me the clarity and the ability to, you know, be brave enough to put my words, first of all, put my words down on paper, because like I said, I don't talk about my emotions. And secondly, um, finding a way to publish that. And I did it because I wanted to self-publish a book and and put it on a a shelf full of books that I have written by other people. Um, It was nerve wracking. And to be fair, um, it's very overwhelming the amount of positive um, feedback that I've gotten since I've published the book. Um, People come have come and and they just want to support it. And they are so proud of me. And um, I'm very thankful and I'm very grateful for the connections that have come. Um, I haven't had any, um, knock on wood, I haven't had any negative feedback <laughs> um, so far. That's really good. Oh, and it's so nice to hear the support because when you do this, it's like a labor of love. It's different when you're writing fiction, like you're you're not personally attached, but like this is essentially your life story that you put out there and you know, it's also, I, I'm just trying to picture that process of doing that piece alone. Like, yes, it allowed you to write, but you also navigated a very challenging thing of putting yourself out there, writing a book, showing your emotions that you have never done before. Like what kind of things did you have to put in place in order for you to do that? Cause that's not an easy task. Um, it was, I gave my book to, uh, three or four people that I trusted with their opinions. Um, I never once changed any of my poems. So when I wrote that within the two weeks, um, people read it, people provided feedback, but um, Katie Feltmate, which I'll get into a little bit later, is a local poet in Nova Scotia. And she just said, you know, maybe this 
um, where it can be removed so that you can focus on the poem um, directly. But um, there was hardly any changes. And uh, one of my friends who read it said, you know, for someone who uh, prides themselves on being so um, closed off, uh, this is really emotional. And the other person said, you know, um, I read it and I'm really proud of you. And it's just like you opened the door and said, here I am. I just got goosebumps all over my body. Well, what a beautiful gift. And I, I have a question to ask. So, because sometimes when we hide our feelings, like we wear all these masks and people don't really know us. Did you feel liberated when that went into the world and you were in a way like, this is just who I am? How did that feel? Yeah, um, it felt great. Again, um, I was fearful of, you know, how some people would interpret some of the poems. Right. Um, but again, I, those people who I may have thought would question um, the work, they've kind of just said, you know, this is beautiful. I'm really proud of you, that kind of thing. So it's nice <laughs> um, to have that support because to be fair, if you go down through my poems, not a whole lot of them um, are negative. And if they're, they're, um, they're just, you know, what I experienced or how I felt throughout the situation. Um, and, you know, living with that anxiety of feeling like you're being judged. Um, I kind of, I've kind of always lived with that. So um, I knew that if I put a book of poetry about myself out into the world, I was going to face some judgment. Um, but uh, again, it's just been, been positive. So Amazing. And I think it's really powerful that you share that part of your story because living with anxiety is really hard. It can be crippling and pulling down all the layers and just going, yeah, this is who I am. Like, that's one thing, but putting a book out, like, I think that's so motivational and inspirational for people who do struggle um, and have kind of been blocked by their anxiety. So thank you for paving that way and showing people that, you know, yeah, it could be hard, but you can still do the hard things. That's beautiful. I've been putting myself in a lot of awkward situations so that I get through that feeling. Um, and, you know, it's been helping. <laughs> For sure. Awesome. So for somebody who is listening, who might have anxiety, who might have this beautiful goal on their on their heart and don't know what to do with it, what are some maybe even like one or two tips that you use that could help them to work on their goal and not let that fear and anxiety stop them? Um, I find that a lot of my fear and anxiety comes from uh, other people's judgment and not necessarily um, how I perceive myself. So. Uh, my best advice would be if you if you're passionate about something and or you want to put yourself out there, do it for yourself. That's so important. And I think once, once again, like if you lead with yourself, like I feel that is such a powerful compass to lead you to where you want to go. Right. And I think you said something really interesting, like you're putting yourself in situations where you're strengthening that muscle of confidence of getting yourself outside of that comfort zone. And sometimes I think people are afraid to take that first step. But people listening to your story are going to be so motivated and are going to want to do their own thing. So once again, like you sharing your story, this is not just about you self-publishing a book. It's about the journey that you've been on and what you've overcome and what you're going to continue to overcome. And it's just so beautiful to watch. Um, so 
I do. I, you know, we have so much that we do want to talk about, but the journey that you have went on, and I know that you had a lot of support along the way in terms of like your mindset and I guess even expanding what is possible for you. Do you want to talk a little bit about that journey? Do you mean the support and who kind of helped me along the way? Yeah. Like who helped yeah. make this possible and, and yeah. So I, um, sat in a course <laughs> um, in September and it was uh, with Jessica Cox and she's a self-confidence coach and I had a one-on-one session with her but then I did a five-week course and you were there with me um, and we set goals <laughs> and she said they can be tiny goals or they can be big goals and I said you know I have a, a tiny passion project that I would like to accomplish and I would like to publish a book <laughs> a tiny um, <laughs> passion project no big deal <laughs> Love it. Love it. So that course actually kept me accountable. Um, and Jess would check in, you know, and you you were a cheerleader from day one. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're um, welcome. And I kind of had the support of friends who, you know, I, like I said, you know, I think I'm going to publish a book. And my friend Stacia, she connected me with a local poet, like I said, in, in Nova Scotia. And Katie had just self-published. So as much as I had done my own research, Katie helped me, um, you know, piece all of her research together so that I could self-publish and get my book out in the widest distribution possible um, to the point now where I, I make this, um, I laugh at it, but it's in Walmart in the States. <laughs> that makes my heart smile so much. You don't know how many people I've told that to. And it's a Walmart in the States. I've actually said that. It's like, I'm like, you're, I'm so, so grateful for you and just all cheering you on. It's yeah, I love that. So go ahead. (laughs) No, but it's also on Amazon and, you know, um, Ingram spark is the platform that I allowed it to be on in Walmart. Um, and now it's in Kohl's right in chapters. It's on indigo.ca and in the next couple of weeks, it'll be in store in St. John's. Incredible. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting and Barnes and Noble picked it up in the States as well. Um, which is exciting. And I've had people book, um, purchase my book from the UK and Australia and, you know, it's uh, in the States uh, for sure. Um, so it's wild to see all those uh, analytics come in um, from people who are interested in it and even the, um, the demographic. But I've been given the opportunity to work with some amazing women um, through this entire project. So um, Megan Nicole is actually the illustrator of the cover of my book, the back illustration of my book and every illustration you'll find within the poems she has done beautiful work where we've been friends since we were teenagers she's a beautiful life um she does family portraits and cartoons um and she gives every little detail that you you tell her a story and she'll pick up on little um details and put it within her work um she took what i had envisioned and she she drew it and it was just amazing um, she was the very first person to read the entire book of poetry. Um, I get, just gave it to her as like a word document <laughs> printed in the middle of Bannerman Park. <laughs> she took it home. Then Lindsay um, was a, my graphic designer and she, you know, helped me with the format. But anyone willing or willing to do the work, um, you can go step by step through Amazon on KDP and Ingram Spark and they'll, they'll teach you how to do those things. That's amazing. And I, you know what? I think down the road, you should teach a course on how to do this. Just saying. 
this would be amazing for so many local entrepreneurs who want to share their story. So I'm going to be pushing you to do that <laughs> so I can pay you to help me. <laughs> um, so what would you say has been like the wildest thing that's happened? Like, because whenever you do something like this, you never know the ripple effect of what's going to happen or who's going to come into your life or, you know, what's going to be presented. Like, is there anything that happened that sticks out where you're like, I can't believe this happened. I know all of it's like that, but is there anything in yeah. particular that's like, holy shit. <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if it's, it's like a, a moment for myself more so than there's a local poet here um, in the province and she just reached out and she is a beautiful talent. She's, she's a singer. She, she's writing her own poetry. She's had a following on Instagram and she kind of like looked for me, looked to me for guidance, um, on the entire process. So that's been, um, one of my favorite stories because she, uh, she's going to publish her book this month and I got to read it, um, and do a poet advanced review. So, um, that, that was really exciting for me. And this is all in the beginning. Like you, it, we'll have to have you back in a year to talk about like what's <laughs> happened between now and a year. Like I feel like things are about to to blow up for you, and I can't wait to see what's in your future. It's going to be amazing. Um, anything in the books for book number two? <laughs> You're not the first person to ask that question. <laughs> um, I've had some ideas rolling around, but it wasn't like again. It, it was a simple um passion project and I said I was going to publish one book and then I went okay well this is called you'll get here or get there um so what am I going to call the next book and is it going to have the same theme or will I go with a different theme and I've thought about the illustrations and still working with Megan so it's <laughs> it, it's potentially in the works <laughs> it's totally gonna happen <laughs> we can call it we look, look at me we can call it I'm here <laughs> Oh, that's so amazing. Okay. So I do want to talk about, um, so let me just back up a little bit. There's definitely most of the people who listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs are people who are blurring the lines, who are just deciding to do something different, which is exactly what you're doing. What would you say are the most instrumental things that you need to have in order to kind of just go for the things that you want? Like, what were the things that helped you? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but. It's really about networking for me. Um, so having that support and then being able to lean on so many creative people in order to accomplish your goal. Um, but actually, you know, setting that goal and, um, and, and just doing it. And I think that was the biggest surprise for Jess was that I said I was going to self-publish a book. She's like, okay, well, in a year's time, we'll see Sam's book. Like she was, <laughs> she was all about it. But then she was like, excuse me. <laughs> you what, two weeks? What? <laughs> the course is only five weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but that was, I mean, um, for some, they need to have more planning time. And for me, it was, you know, I was doing it for myself and, you know, my friends were helping me along the way. And then um, Katie helped me with the whole publishing side of things. So it was um, it was definitely a, a fast project, but I was like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it now or I'm never going to do it. So that's kind of the mindset that I had. 
I love that. And in terms of like, I know you did yours within a short period of time, but you had to have some discipline and some kind of structure on how you broke that down. For people who are trying to set a goal, how important is it, would you say, that it is to have like bite-sized pieces and to kind of do the planning? Because I think some people, when they try to set a goal, they just go like, bah, and they don't have a plan, right? So would yeah. you say you had a plan and you kind of broke it down or what was your process of the actual writing piece? For me, I the writing piece was my favorite part because that was my alone time. That was like something that I got to do for myself. Um, so I would like set the atmosphere where I would light a candle. I'd open my laptop or my phone and people say, you know, the traditional poet would like write in a book or whatever the case may be. The majority of my book was written through um, documents <laughs> on my phone. Uh, Cause I used to go and I used to, and I love, um, the sitting next to the ocean. I'm from paradise. So I always go to CBS and you'll, you'll notice that within my work um, or like sitting in a coffee um, shop, which I absolutely miss by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm still not entirely there, but some of my research I actually did at a coffee shop, which was nice. So that atmosphere um, of just, you know, focusing on the one thing of, um, finding out, you know, exactly what I had to do through copywriting and, um, you know, uh, what it takes to um, get the ISBN, which is the number that you need in order to be a publisher. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So like I had to do that piece and I did my own research. Always do your own research before you go and you speak with someone else because then you can have a basis and then you can build on that. And that's exactly what I did with Katie. Um, so then I was able to make the decisions that I did for, um, self-publishing. Yeah, good. Actually. So I have homework to do before I talk to you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what was the hardest part of you writing the book? What was the hardest part? And like, I mean, like processing, writing, publishing, getting it out there, like the whole thing, what was the hardest part of the whole process? Yeah. Sometimes I say, you know, I was fortunate enough to have friends that helped me. And sometimes people find that as a a little bit of a hinder because, you know, you're waiting on um, your friends and sometimes they take a little bit longer because you know that you have that relationship. Um, So there was as much as I I published within a short amount of time, I was still anxiously waiting on some pieces, um, but it all, it all worked out in the end. And um, the book is beautiful. And I I thanked every, every single person that helped me along the way. Um, but for anyone who, you know, wants to set goals and wants to set timelines and ha- they have a specific date in mind that they want to self-publish. And then they also want to make a marketing plan and they want to, you know, reach out to local stores and consignment packages um, beforehand so that, you know, when they hit that publish button, it's going to all the stores and or and that's a possibility. Right. So you can do um, pre-orders of your book and you can also um, make sure that you get the consignment packages beforehand. Um, get into those stores locally that you want to get into before you go through Amazon PDP and Ingram Spark. So those are things that you have to keep in mind. Um, I'm learning as I go. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad you said that because like in my mind, and I'm sure for anybody who's listening, who would like to self-publish or write their own book, um, you know, for me, it's like write the book and then everything's just going to happen. But that's not the case. It's like there is a pre-work. It's the reach again. It's the networking. It's not just writing the book, which is a big piece of it. But it's, you know, you can write the book, but if it has nowhere to go, then it's 
you, you have to do that pre-work, which is very interesting because it didn't even dawn on me as you were saying that. I was like, oh yeah, I could just, you know, write the book. No, <laughs> there's so much <laughs> more to it. I know when we were chatting uh, previously, I asked you why you self-published and I loved your answer. So would you mind sharing why you chose the self-publishing route? I wanted to do it for myself and I wanted to make those connections. And I don't know if that was the answer I gave last time, but it's. It was. And then we also, you also talked about like when you, um, when you don't self-publish, you don't have control over how you market and who you talk to. And I thought that was so interesting. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's with traditional publishing, you know, you give all that control to someone else, whereas um, self-publishing, you get to, to do it on your own time and, you know, make those connections and put your book where you see is the best fit. Yeah. Like you have more control. And I didn't realize that. I thought that you had control over both ends, but that that's such a good point for somebody who's trying to figure out, okay, I want to write a book. Do I want to go self-publish or do I want somebody else to do it? Um, and they even take that one step further. So let's just say someone's listening and like you have lit fire under their butt. And they're like, I'm doing this. What would you say is the first three things I need to do before they start this process or to start the process? AKA me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To start the process, I would go on to um, the website in order to get your ISBN and sign up for, um, it takes up to 10 days to get that number, but you can say that you have a date in mind or a month in mind. And then at least it's there and you have that number, whether you want to publish a hardcover, a paperback, an ebook an electronic book or an audio book. So they give you numbers for each one of those and that's sitting there. And now you you're almost kept accountable to publish because then you have to go in and you have to change that they're actually active. Um, So that's the first thing that you should do. (laughs) That's wild because for me, that would light a fire under my butt. I'd be like, okay, I got to do it. Um, and even the process of like something that might seem simple, but like, how did you choose paper over hardcover? Like, what is the process in that? Yeah, I guess it's if you pick up your favorite book and you hold it, what does that look like? Oh, I love that answer. Yeah. So that's what happened for me. Oh, sorry. I look like I froze, but I was just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I love that answer. Yeah. It's like your favorite book, how you pick it up, that feel and. Oh, wow. Okay. So I still have so many more questions about the process, but I do think that we should do another podcast episode, even just specific on how to do that. If you're up for it, I think that would be very beneficial to so many people who want to do this. And I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, I want to ask you a question. So as adults, and as we navigate all the emotions and the feelings, and we put ourselves out there, if you had to look back at your younger self, what's a piece of advice that you would give the younger you? Um, to enjoy the, the tiny victories, because we're always looking for that big celebration. And as you get older, you realize that every little small um, victory that comes your way is really, really special. Um, and that all the big celebrations, yeah, they absolutely do happen. But to take the time to just like enjoy everything that like comes your way. Love that. 
And that's so true. I think sometimes, you know, and I think we're taught this, that we feel that when we get to the end destination, we're going to have that happiness. We're going to have that end result. But I love that slowing down and just enjoying it. Like it's more about the journey than the destination. Really, really good reminder. I love, love, love that. And in your opinion, like what would you say growth looks like for you? I know this is something that we talked about that we wanted to dive into. So what does it look like for you? What is, what does growth mean? Being self-aware for me, uh, growth is definitely, you know, making sure that I'm making sound decisions, um, but also making sure that I leave room for growth that I, you know, I know who I am right now, um, but there's always questions to be answered and there's always room for um, listening and learning for sure. I love that. And would you say that the growth and being self-aware has led you to know who you are? Because, I mean, I have a lot of conversations with a lot of women and a lot of people don't really know who they are. So would you say that self-awareness piece has been pivotal to you knowing yourself? It has because, you know, every stage of your life is different. And I thought that I would, you know, potentially be married and have a kid at this point in my life. I'm 34 years old, but I have a great career an amazing partner, a dog, you know, I have those tiny things that make me extremely happy that all add up to, um, you know, where I am right now and where I am right now will look different in five years. So, yeah, no, it's so true. And I think sometimes we put judgments on where we should be and how we should feel. And when we do that, I think we just move further away from knowing ourselves. but I love too how you said when, you know, COVID happened, you were, we were all, almost everybody was forced to kind of go inward. And I think that was a beautiful gift for so many people to kind of sit and become more self-aware because, you know, we are so distracted and we're pulled so far away from actually doing that inner work. So thank you for that reminder. I love that. Love, love, love. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to share or chat about your whole entire journey or the process that we haven't covered yet? I can think of. I feel like we dove right in. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like, and and your story is so inspirational and I love that you're getting so much positive support and even more, like, I just love seeing you on social media, just shining your light and you're making such a difference to people, but you're also surrounding yourself with some pretty incredible women. And I think that is a huge indicator of success for everybody is like who you surround yourself with. Like you can be yourself when you have people who are clapping for you, right? Yeah, exactly. And I I can't thank Sakriti and Jess enough for connecting me with some powerful women over the last year. Those events and what they're doing for the St. John's area is just, if you're looking to connect um, with like-minded women, those are the events to go to. It's, it's amazing. You got, and you have to get yourself into rooms of people who are doing what you want and just having that support. So that's amazing. Thank you yeah. for sharing all your wisdom. It's your, you're so incredible. And I legit, I can't wait to see where you are in a year. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> so Thank now you. we're going to dive into some rapid fire questions. <laughs> the giddy part. <laughs> um, just as it implies, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. And the first thing that comes to mind, have at her. How does that sound? Sounds good. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? Sporty Spice. Same. Nachos or tacos? Nachos. 
I think we're the same person. Uh, <laughs> a nickname you used to have or you still have? Sammy. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? Oh, to Greenwood, Nova Scotia. Oh, why? Um, I spent my, since, since I was 12 years old, I got to go to um, camp there every single summer. And the <sighs> valley is just beautiful. Um, even as an adult, as an adult staff member going away and working in the summertime in Nova Scotia, it's just beautiful. Look, I've never been. Um, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? I don't, I've never read a book. I know, and it pained me. I was going to leave it out. And I was like, no, <laughs> just ask the question, Gina. And then my heart broke. <laughs> Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Okay, you're back in the good books. Um, <laughs> what's your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Oh, um, sushi. Ooh, I love sushi. Yeah. What is your favorite word? Truly lately. But if you ever listen to any of my interviews, apparently I like for sure. <laughs> I go, okay. There's some, there's some that I, when I listen and I edit my podcast or some words, I'm like, really, Gina, how many times are you going to say that word? I love it. Uh, and I say, I love it a lot too, in case you have noticed. Um, what is your go-to song if you need to pump me up or if you need to increase your mood? Oh, um, I guess it would be my favorite song. So um, Dustin Crusant, I say his last name wrong, is from Thrice. He's the lead singer. Um, and it's called Pistol. How does it go? Oh, no, I don't <laughs> sing. <laughs> I wish they could have seen your face then. You're like, no, no, that's a hard pass. <laughs> if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Dodgeball. Good one. No one's ever said dodgeball. I love that. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, to read people's minds. Ooh. Texting or talking? Oh, texting for sure. Morning or night person? Oh, I'm a night person. Describe yourself in three words. Quiet. <laughs> unsure empathetic <laughs> and I'm gonna add wildly talented those are two extra words but <laughs> if you were stranded on a tropical island and you could only take two things with you but you had all the essentials what would those two things be dog and my record player oh what's your favorite record do you have one? Oh, I don't have a favorite record but Frank Turner's uh records I have all of his Good choice. What is your biggest pet peeve? Being on the phone. <laughs> when, like, when someone's in your company? I uh, know, just being on the phone in general. Oh. <laughs> I just don't like talking on the phone. <laughs> Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Oh, jump from a plane? If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Yeah, sure. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? talk to animals and I know I've already asked a little bit about this but I'm going to ask again just because it's one of my favorite questions to end but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you gotten earlier in life I like the best piece of advice um I've just to enjoy I guess to just enjoy the small moment again going back to that like refocusing on um 
slowing down and um, enjoying everything that comes your way. That's so important though, because we just skip over the good stuff, don't we? And move on to the next thing. And that pause is so important. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, I super appreciate you coming on. You are just, and I'm giggling because for our listeners, this is take two. (laughs) (laughs) The first one, I botched it. I've had to re-record several podcast episodes. So that's my bad. So thank you for coming back for round two. And as always, you're just incredible. But obviously I want everybody who's listening to find you. Where can they follow you? Where can they buy your book? Let them have all the details. I know we said it a bit in the beginning, but I want you to say it again so they can go get it. Absolutely. So the book is called You'll Get There. You can get it on Amazon. Um, you can get it on Barnes & Noble, Walmart in the States, indigo.ca. Um, it'll be in Chapters and Coles uh, in St. John's locally in the next coming weeks. Um, you can follow that journey <laughs> because I've been um, videotaping that <laughs> journey on uh, East Coast Poet on Instagram. And then my actual Instagram is Samantha Peril. And then I also use Twitter. But if you go to the Instagram, they have link trees and that's where you can um, go and purchase the book. Amazing. So do yourself a favor, go and follow Sam, both accounts, go and buy her book, support the heck out of her. And, you know, she's just such a breath of fresh air. So thank you again, Sam. I super appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Your podcast is great. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. I'm so glad you came on. (laughs) Times two. Okay, friends, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. Just remember to keep it fun, keep it kind, and always keep it real.